You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. Our speaker for tonight is um, one of our campus ministers and he has been such a really patient, persevering, devoted person I know. Uh, just doing the work of God in, in the number of campuses we have here in the South. And he's been a blessing to us. And you know, he's got a message for all of us. And being, a, being an adult, the now generation and the next generation, he's going to, you know, basically encourage all of us to understand what it is to reach the next generation. So I want you to give a warm welcome to Carlo Maranan, one of our ministers. Thank you, Come on. Pastor Sol. Good evening, everyone. Again, I'm Carla, one of the campus missionaries here. I want to take this time to honor Pastor Saul and all the pastors here. Thank you for allowing your life speak to us, younger generation. And we're very expectant of what God will do whenever, pag dumating na po kami sa generation niyo po. Talking about impact, we are part of Every Nation Campus. Every Nation Campus is the campus arm of Victory, Every Nation Ministries that reach out to the campuses. So basically, our heart is to prepare every individual, every student in areas of leadership, integrity, faith, and excellence. And talking about every nation campus, here's our team in Victory Alabang. Actually, Victory Alabang, uh, kasama na rin po dito yung Las Piñas and Paranaque. So we have 17 campus missionaries. I'm just one of them. And you know what? Po? It's my privilege to be called to be doing campus ministry. But it's another thing to be doing it with these people. I'm very uh, grateful not just to call them my colleagues, but my friends as well. And talking about uh, reaching out to the next generation, that's our vision. So that in every nation, we will be able to establish camp, church, and campus ministries. So that's why we have this unashamed 2017 campus conference. This will happen on August 2 to 4, and this will be a uh, gathering of 13,000. Say 13,000. 13,000 students all over the world representing 13 nations. So imagine the impact that we will make when we disciple them and challenge their faith to be unashamed of who God is. And actually, it will trace back like what Pastor Saul had mentioned to our history. It's like it's a picture of one of our missionaries preaching to the students that was reached out during 1984, Pastor Ferdi Kabiling. If you're familiar with him, He's now uh, one of our bishops here in uh, Victory Philippines and now overseeing all the Metro Manila Victory churches. And you see, because of the availability, because of their obedience, it, they had an impact to the life of these students. I believe God has called us into a movement wherein our heart is really to impact not just our nation, but every nation from our name itself. So maybe, uh, yes, we're now talking about the next, the next generation, but... Maybe you're thinking, what's your role in this? I believe that God has a big vision in reaching out in every nation. That's why we are, everyone is involved in doing this mission. We're not, not just the campus missionaries, not just the leaders, but every one of us. How are we to create impact in the world? So that is why we will be talking about a, a character in the Bible named Joseph who had an impact in the nation of Israel. So to give you an idea, uh, Joseph is not the uh, uh, asawa ni Mary, but Joseph the dreamer. During this time, he was 17 years old, 
and he has uh, 11 siblings. And out of the 12, he's the favorite. Any favorites here? Mga anak na favorite kayo? Don't raise your hands, okay? If, you, if your sibling is with you, okay? <laughs> Alright? So, he's the favorite. And there was this time that he had a dream. And in his dream, he was about to rule over his whole family. And because he was the favorite, and he kind of like said it in an ambitious way, so basically, it embittered his brothers, his older brothers. So what they did, they schemed something, they connived and planned on killing him. Imagine that. Why would you do that to your brother? But that's the saddest thing. They planned something on killing him, but uh, because of God's purpose in his life, he was spared, but he was sold to slavery in Egypt. So that's basically where our story will start. What happened to him after he was bought, he was uh, sold to Egypt as a slave. If you have your Bibles with you, kindly open it to Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 and 3. Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had been brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for allowing us to hear from you again. Lord, we acknowledge your presence in this place. Lord, I pray that would you just remove anything that hinders us from allowing to listen to your voice clearly. Allow your word to be preached powerfully this night. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. From our story here, again, Joseph had a dream. And his dream that he will be uh, put in a leadership position. But what happened to him is he was sold as a slave. So Joseph was, sold, uh, was bought by Potiphar. And during that time as a slave, it's like you're a personal property of, the, of your master. And you don't have any right at all. So imagine, it's like there's kind of disconnect on where he should be to where he is right now. But let's see how God used this opportunity that despite of his situation, he blessed him. Imagine this. Despite of his situation, he blessed him. And not just that, because he, he was blessed by God, he found favor in the sight of Potiphar. And what Potiphar did, he allowed him to serve him. It says in chapter 4, So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him and made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all the Lord was with him that he had. So I want to highlight the word attended him. In other Bible translations, it says there that it means it served him. So Joseph served Potiphar. And after that, he was promoted by Potiphar to be, the in, to be in charge of whole his household. So you see, talking about leadership, service is the very essence of leadership. Leadership doesn't start when, we're, when we are given a position. It starts when we serve. Again, leadership doesn't happen or doesn't start when we, were, when we are given a position. It starts when we serve. And talking about serving, I know this group of people, they are not part of any organization, they are not part of any foundation, but just 
felt the need, felt the need to serve the street children in Bayanan, Montenlupa. They had this thing called the Bread Initiative. So what does it uh, all about the bread initiative is part of their project arc which means act of random kindness so basically what they're doing is this they are giving uh, free bread to street children and after that basically what they will do is they will introduce the bread of life and that is jesus christ so basically what they're doing is this is that they're using this opportunity to preach the gospel to these young people and basically um uh it's it's actually part of their uh, own plan. It's their own initiative. And they're shelling out their own money for this. And we're very excited because to date, there are 100, 100 plus street children heard the gospel. And to date, uh, the first time they started, they were only 15. And we gave them a, an opportunity to share it to all of our Victory Group leaders. And they were able to recruit another 50 volunteers to, to run this with them. You see, when we serve, God gives us an opportunity to have a greater platform to serve more people. So having said that, we could make an impact when we serve. Again, we could make an impact when we serve. But when I heard the word serve, I, sometimes I would think that it, it will just be like uh, meeting a simple need. It can be as simple as that. But when I read this verse, kind of challenge my thought about serving. It says in Mark 10.45, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. So Jesus modeled servant leadership. And when He mentioned about servant leadership, when He modeled it, He did not just uh, heal people who are sick during His time. He did not just teach the Word of God. He did not just uh, cast out demons. Those people who are in need, you know what he did? He gave his very life for you and me. So that is actually a picture of service. If you really think about it, it is going out your way and laying down your life. Now the question is, are you willing to serve? Are we willing to serve even to the point of laying down our lives? And sometimes we, when, we, when we would hear that, it's like, so I'm, I'm going to die for my brother? Or I'm, I'm going to die for the people who I'm, who I'm eye-serving? Probably. I, uh, but to see, uh, when, you, when, talk, when we talk about laying your life, it means dying, right? Dying to your own preferences. Dying to your uh, own comfort. Going out of your comfort zone to serve them, to meet a certain need. Since this is about uh, talking about the next generation, I want to capitalize on really talking to the parents and guardians here. Can you see a raise of hands among you here? Are parents already? Yeah, great. So talking about serving, one thing that we realized is that the next generation needed to be heard. They needed someone. They need people who will listen to them. Are we the very person that they will go to if they want to share something? Are we the very people that will, they will be comfortable sharing their life? Because from time to time, I would be, uh, we, as campus missionaries, we would be able to talk to students. They would share their problems to us. And when, personally, I would ask them, your parents know about this? They would say, no, they didn't know. Because they have a lot of reasons. Sometimes their parents are busy. Sometimes uh, they will get offended sometimes because their parents would just correct them if there's something wrong, but fail to encourage them if they've done something right. 
You see, there's an important role that you are playing as we disciple the next generation. This is not just our work as missionaries. This is our work together. That's why we are creating this opportunity to, to appeal to you. Let's take this time to spend time with them, to be, to be there whenever, especially when they have problems, when they failed, when they, when they face peer pressure, when they are tempted. Are we there trying to listen to them? That is servant leadership. And you see, basically what happened, going back to the story of Joseph, yes, he was sold as a slave, but he was promoted. So if you can see, it's in a way, oh, he's going there. I think he's, he's you know, baby steps, going to where God wants him to be until this situation happened. Genesis chapter uh, 39, verse 6b and 7. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Okay. Did the Bible just describe the person seated next to you? Okay. And after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. So you see, to give you an idea, uh, and during their time, uh, Egyptians would buy their wives. Imagine that. They would buy their wives. So knowing Potiphar, he's an official, uh, of, official of Pharaoh, Pharaoh, captain of the guard, he, he has the means to buy a slave like Joseph. It would, in a way, it, it, it would imply that he has a lot of money. And knowing that you have a lot of money, you would at least invest. Sorry for the term, but invest in buying a beautiful wife. So you see, the picture here is we have a beautiful woman. Beautiful woman trying to invite, trying to uh, seduce, trying to invite a, a bachelor to lie with him. And when, when we talk about lying with him, this is not just they will just lie beside one another and do nothing. Basically, the intention of Potiphar's wife was to be sexually intimate with this guy. So are you ready? What happened next? In verse 8 to 9, but he refused. Say it with me. Refused. Yes, you heard it right. You read it right. He refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house. And he has put everything that he has in my charge. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? I want to highlight what he mentioned there. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? You see, from this, from what he uh, said, Joseph recognizes that when he give in to Potiphar to the request of Potiphar's wife, it will be an offense toward his master who actually entrusted to him everything he owns and equally an offense to his heavenly master, and that is God, who owns and created everything. When you talk about offense, the very thing that comes into your mind is in a way, in a relationship. So you see, uh, Joseph doesn't want to offend God. And this, in a way, would uh, tell us that he has a relationship with God. Joseph is not willing to exchange his relationship with God with something that is temporary. And the reality is, what happened after this is the, the wife of Potiphar was very consistent. You know what? He would invite Joseph day by day. Lie with me, lie with me, lie with me. I don't know what, what, uh, what gimmicks 
she did just to invite Joseph. But Joseph consistently did not give in to these sexual advances. And basically, that is integrity. Doing the right thing with the right heart at all times. And talking about integrity, you know what? The reality is, our integrity will be tested every single day. And no one, say no one, no one is exempted. When we talk about temptation, temptation would always package itself in such a way that it will be appealing to us. Like for example, when we see a trash can or trash, no one, no, no one would say, Oh my, basura, ang ganda. No, no, right? Because it's basura, it's trash. Nothing in our flesh would be attracted to it. So it always packaged itself in such a way that we will be enticed to it. And also, it's very persistent. It's very persistent. It's like maybe I can imagine boxing that is just waiting for you to have at least a small opening and it will give you a strike. Actually, the reality is it's different. It, it's very rather difficult to not give in with the temptation that's happening in us every single day. But let me encourage you with this. 1 Corinthians 10 verses 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. God would not allow us to be in a temptation that we can't handle it. So there's no such thing as I have no choice but to do it. We always have a choice. This is a promise from a faithful God. Because in times of temptation, God provides a way out. So whenever you are in a temptation, don't actually look to the temptation. Look for the way out and run towards it. And talking about integrity, we can make an impact when we live with integrity. I got reminded of this uh, story. He's a friend of mine. He came from the same school. And growing up, they're not really uh, well financially well off. He would... Uh, Nagbebenta po siya ng newspaper before going to work just to fund for his schooling. And when he studied high school, it's all because of scholarship. And after he graduated, he became an engineer and he, he, he started working in a company. But the, in, in, the, in that company, there was a certain... Uh, his boss asked him something. Because he's a, a line engineer, he would, he would inspect machines and so that they would know if it's still part, uh, it will pass the audit. And it just so happened that uh, during that time, those machines will not pass the, the audit. So the boss asked him, is it okay that you would change some data, some specification, so that when the audit will see it, we will pass? And apparently, you know, meron po yang, may padulas po yan. And because of what happened, it really, it really made him discom. It it, uh, it made him dis uh, discomfort. It it gave him discomfort, knowing that it is not pleasing to God. This will not honor God in every other way. 
So, what happened was, even kahit wala pa po siyang trabaho after that, he resigned. He resigned from work. But because God is faithful. God is faithful. Nagka-work po siya after, and now he's working overseas. And because of that, nakapagtapos po siya ng pinag-aaral niyang kuya. You see, the work of God in, in changing, in, in putting conviction in the heart of, of, of this person. And the, the, the catch here is that he was reached out in the campus. It started when he was a high school student. Someone preached to him the gospel. Someone uh, encouraged him, gave him a vision of a, a life of integrity. So imagine, imagine a generation of leaders who will stand for what is right. Imagine a generation of leaders who will never let their characters be corrupted if the price is right. Imagine a generation who will love God and hate sin. This is the picture. This is the message. This is the reason why we are doing campus ministry. Because as young as they are, we want to reach them out. Because when we reach them out, while they're we're in campus, they are in campus, we will make an impact to this nation. But reality, yes, he did the right thing. Integrity has a cost. What happened was, Potiphar's wife changed the story. He accused Joseph of doing the very thing that she's been asking to Joseph. So nagsumbong po siya kay Potiphar and she said, Joseph was trying to invite me to lie with him. And sadly, Potiphar sided his wife. So what happened to Joseph? He was put into the prison. So you see, you see the progression here? Before he was the favorite, favorite son, be, uh, and then he had a dream. God gave him a dream of being put in a leadership position. Then he was betrayed. He was betrayed. He was, he was sold into slavery. And then, because God is with him, God promoted him. He made him an overseer. He, he became uh, in charge of everything he has. He did the right thing. But because of this situation, he was then put into prison. But despite he was in prison, let's see what happened. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. You see, even, it's the very same thing. Because of the presence of God, Joseph was became successful. And I like how it was mentioned there that when, that God, the Lord was with Joseph in those times, at his lowest times. So, where are you now? You may feel like you're in the lowest position of your life. If you have a relationship with God, God is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And, as he was in the prison, let's see what, what happened. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. 
So I want to highlight, the keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything what, that was in charge. So for basically what the Bible is trying to tell us is that uh, the keeper of the prison entrusted fully everything under Joseph's care. And for you to be entrusted with something, you need to be someone who is consistent in delivering very good quality. In short, you need to be excellent. Because excellence is giving your best. And that's what we can see in the life of Joseph. He was excellent. He was excellent to make the best out of his situation. Because maybe right now, you're in a situation, you have a lot of what-ifs. Like, I want to be the best parent. I want to be the best parent, but only if like we are financially, financially blessed. If and only if um, our family is complete. If and only if my children are kind and responsible. This guy had all the reasons to quit. This guy had all the reasons to question God, but still chose to live a life of excellence for the glory of God. And talking about uh, people living in excellence, let me introduce you third. He's one of our campus missionaries. I remember his story. His father died when, he, when, when they were young, and he, he was studying engineering during that time, and he needed to stop studying so that his other siblings... Can, can finish their studies. As um, Cruz, isang fad, fast food chain, and he would also do home service. They would clean the house. And there, there's this one time that he, he was cleaning yung ilalim po ng sink. Sabi niya nga, ang dami daw ipis and all. And he asked God, God, totoo ka ba? And jumping to another story, the, the guy, uh, we, uh, Yung katabi po ni Pastor Chico, he's Melvin, one of our real-life scholars. Again, his story, uh, their family is not well off. And during this time, on his last year, on his last year, uh, it came an opportunity for him to be a real-life scholar. And because of that, because of being discipled, being, uh, being, being connected to God, being reminded of his values and purpose in God, when he graduated, he became Akum laude in pamantasa ng lunsod ng muntinlupa. And what's the connection with these two people? Third is the one overseeing and discipling our real life scholars. So you see the impact that when a, uh, when a person gives his best, it will impact not just him, but also the people around him. We could make an impact when we give our best. Going back to the story, studying the story of Joseph, he lived a life of service. He lived. Uh, a life of integrity, and he gave his best. And I was like, Lord, give me. I pray that I would have a life like his. And then I, I asked myself, hmm, basically what made the difference? What, what made Joseph's life different from those people who were serving? I would know that a lot of people, I, w- I know a lot of people would have a noble causes, they'll, they'll, they'll start a foundation and, and serve the, the people. I would, hear, I would hear people who are like living an upright life, uh, faithful to their wife, living, uh, leading their family well, being an excellent uh, student or model when it comes to their, his or her work ethics. And I would know people who will not give up on their dreams. But what is the difference? What is the difference that we can see in Joseph's, in Joseph's life. And if you'll see, actually, leadership, integrity, excellence. L-I-F-E. L-I-E. I mean, 
lie. I mean, I mean it's, not, it's not enough. Maybe we've missed something on the scripture. And let's see, what is that? In Genesis 39, 2, 3, 21, and 23, it says there, the Lord was with Joseph. Four times, the Lord was with him. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with him. It's not enough for you, for us to serve. It's not enough for us to live. Actually, it's impossible. I, I'll say that, uh, I have to say that. It's impossible for us to serve that would create an impact. It's impossible for us to live a, uh, an integrity that would create an impact. It's impossible for us to live a life of excellence that would create an impact. Because the main difference is, what will make a difference is our faith in God. And it says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, For behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God, if you have a relationship with God, God is with you. So whatever situation you are in, yes, the reality of life, there will be ups and downs, but we can be able to live a life of leadership, integrity, faith, and excellence because of the presence of God in us. We can impact the world because the Lord is with us. As I call on the music team, I end with this. Reality is, when we hear about the stories of uh, Third, of Melvin, of these people doing the Bread Initiative, and those, the one who did not compromise when it comes to his work, it gives us hope, right? That, oh my, oh my, I love to invest in this generation. I love to, my hope is back because knowing these people, they will serve, they will live a life of integrity, they will excel in everything that they, that they are doing. The future is indeed bright. But you know what? The reality, these are not, these are not all the stories that we've been listening as we've been reaching out to young people. We would hear stories, people who will in, got involved in premarital sex. We would hear stories of people who, students who will be molested by the very people closest to them. We would hear students who would question God and would just babalik na po sila sa faith nila before. We would hear students who would lose hope. We would hear students who will be abandoned by their parents. And actually, this is the reality. This is the real stories that we've been hearing from our young people. And if you look at them, how would I invest in these people? Can they make an impact in this generation? You know what the question is? As long as the presence of God is with them, they can make an impact. I believe in those lowest times in their life, this is the best time, the now generation, for us to stand with them. Let us be with them to remind them of who God is. Let's remind them of the Word of God. Let's remind them the purpose of God for, for their lives. Let's remind them that the, of their purpose in God. That's our role. And I realize, actually I've been ministering to a lot of uh, international students right now and for most for some of them they are atheists and they realize that at this lowest point of their lives when they have a lot of questions when they have a lot of uh, something that's uh, running into their minds 
no one stood beside them. No one shared the gospel to them. No one, no one explained to them. No one, no one discipled them. That's why we have this opportunity right now. And actually, those up and ups and downs, this is the story of each and every one of us. We all have these times when we will feel down, but we will feel encouraged, we will have problems. But again, if you have a relationship with God, God is with you. And last, two weeks ago, I attended uh, a ceremony for those international students studying in the University of Perpetual Health, Las Piñas. And it was the first time, it was the first time I get to see a room filled with international students. For the past three years, I've been reaching out to uh, Filipinos, but this year, I was, I was just reassigned in reaching out to international students. And I was very amazed of the vision that God has given me. Because before, when, I was, when, well, when I'm reaching out to a student, my vision is, I will disciple you because you will change your campus. But because God gave me this picture, when we disciple these international students, we will not just change their campus. We will be able to change their nation. And these people, this international student, they represent 34 nations. Imagine the opportunity that God has given us to reach out to these people. That when, they preach the, when we preach the gospel to them and when they return to their respective nation, they're about to create an impact there because we reach them out as young as they are in the campus. The vision is so big. The question is, are you willing to be part of it? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this afternoon. Thank you for reminding us, Lord, that you have a purpose in our lives. Lord, thank you that, Lord, what will make all the difference, what will make all the difference is your presence in our lives. Lord, I pray that as we, as we live our lives, Lord, I pray that you will help us to just go out of our way to serve other people because you are with us. Lord, I pray that we will be able to live right. We will be able to live a life of integrity. We will, we will not compromise because you are with us. And Lord, I pray that, will, that we will be able to give our best despite of their challenges, God, because you are with us. Thank you, Lord. We acknowledge your presence in this place. In Jesus' name we pray.